The title of my message this morning is Wisdom, Who Needs It? In a world where common sense isn't common anymore. What I call it is uncommon sense. Because common sense is uncommon. So I think we need more common sense or uncommon sense. We need more wisdom. And it's not just enough to have the wisdom of the world because there's so many people that work so hard at getting so smart. But unless God has put his, his, his wisdom with our thinking and we've adapted that into the way we think, it's just worldly wisdom. Um. These days, a lot of people have safes at their house. They put, their, put our guns in them, and we put special documents in there. And, and even down at the bank, they have uh, little safety deposit boxes. And so we have those so, so that we can put all of our valuable things in the safe and keep it valuable. I had a friend a few years back. His house burned down, and it melted the safe. And I'm like... That's not supposed to happen. Granted, it was a log house. So it got really, really hot in there. So the Bible talks about the things that can be burned up in the fire. The wood, hay, stubble, things that that don't really count. What I would like to present to you this morning is the fact that wisdom is the most valuable thing that you will ever get. But if we're not careful, we will be so busy gathering up things from in this life that other people tell us is important and wisdom gets put on the back burner and it doesn't ever get very hot because we don't spend very much time with that because we're too busy getting things. I read a bumper sticker. It said... He who dies with the most toys wins. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Today we're celebrating one connection here at the church, and our goal is to connect people to places where we can get more wisdom. Is there anybody here that would like to have a little bit more wisdom. Raise your hand if you, I mean, you're in that, but well, I'm good, I'm good. I'm going to preach to the choir. <clears throat> it's like Darla said, we've got so many things going on around here. We've got classes, boundary classes, divorce care, getting hitched, growth track, growth track online, living beyond loss, parroting blended families, realigned financial classes, risen motherhood, Is it risen or rising? Both, probably. (laughs) Staying here, hope and healing for the warriors, arena Bible study, digging deep, ladies Bible study, men's Bible study, overcoming Bible study. Then we have a whole plethora of life groups that we can all be a part of. And if you have, if God's blessed you with the home, the reason that, one of the reasons that he has possibly blessed you with a nice home is so that you can have a life group in your home. (laughs) 
Or if you've been blessed with some godly wisdom, he might want you to teach the life group at that person's home that's got a nice home. <laughs> See, we got a place for everybody. Isn't it nice to know that God has a place? Hmm, what a blessing to have a place. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2 if you have your Bibles. Chapter 1 talks about wisdom. Chapter 2 talks about wisdom. Chapter 4 talks about wisdom. Proverbs is crammed full of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1. And listen, I'm just going to take some time here. You can hear me preach all day and all night, but when I read the Word of God, it speaks louder than anything Randy can say, because it's God speaking the truth. And hopefully, when I speak, I speak the truth too. But this is God. Chapter one, chapter two, verse one of Proverbs. It says, "My son, if everybody say if, (laughs) if you receive my words." It's not a given that we're all going to receive the word of God. But he said, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. And apply your heart to understanding. Say understanding. Because wisdom and understanding go together. And yes, if you cry out for discernment oh these are all great words and lift your voice for understand did you know that you can read a lot and still not understand i've been around people i read a book every week well what do you get out of it what did you actually learn from the book instead of just bragging about getting book read now I granted, I'm a slow reader. If we have any slow readers out there you just kind of oh you make me feel good Because I have to read slow if I'm going to understand it. And my theory is, why even read it if I don't understand it? I hear people all the time, well, I can read through the Bible twice in one year. I'm like, well, whoop-de-doo. What did you get out of it? What do you understand? What wisdom did you get? What discernment did you get? What understanding did you get from the Word of God? It's not enough just to go read through books and read through through the Bible if we don't gain understanding and wisdom from that. It's one thing to have knowledge, but it's a whole different thing to have understanding. We have a lot of intelligent people in our world today, but not a lot of wisdom. Verse 4, if, there's that word again, if you seek her as silver, seek wisdom as silver or as riches, and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will find, you will understand the fear of the Lord, or you respect God. How many knows that respect, now young people, listen to this part, all you young people, the greatest gift that you can give to your mom and dad is respect. And mom and dad, the greatest gift you can give to your kids is respect. Give them love because we love them and we want to respect them. But I think today one of the greatest gifts that we can give to God is respect. Because when we respect God, 
and we sow that seed of respect. You know what God does for us? He respects us back because we have sown the seed of respect. Same with our kids, same with our grandparents, same with our parents. When we sow a seed of respect and honor, then we receive respect and honor. If you're here today, nobody honors you, nobody respects you, start respecting other people and honoring them, then you'll get it. Aren't you glad you come to church? That was worth a lot right there. Then you'll get understanding uh, the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? The Lord Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly, those who are not ashamed of the truth. He guards the path. Of justice. He guards the path of justice. Now I'm talking about his justice. I'm not talking about critical race theory justice. I'm talking about God's justice, not man made compromise of morality justice. He preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand. Then you'll understand righteousness and justice, equity, and and every good path. I I have a question for you. Is it possible to get equity with God? Have you ever thought about that? You build equity at the bank whenever you invest or when the stock market, or sometimes you... But build equity with God? How do you get the favor? How do you attain favor from God? It's by understanding God and knowing more about God and trusting him and and, and worshiping him in the middle of church, in the middle of the worship service. And whenever you go, go, go to the house and you're playing that worship song, all of a sudden your hands go up and you're just singing and everybody looks at you like you lost... What you do for God is more important than what people think about you. We have come into this house. We've gathered in his name to worship him. We are worshipers. You were born to worship. Wise people get that. I'll wait on you. (laughs) I'll preach better if you'll say amen every once in a while. So verse 10, when wisdom enters your heart, listen to this, and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Anybody ever done something stupid? Discretion will preserve you. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. See, it's better to know you shouldn't do it before you do it than after. That's what discretion is. (laughs) Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. Verse 13, from whose those who love, from those who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. He'll deliver you from those people. He'll deliver you from those who rejoice in doing evil. 
and delight in the perversity of the wicked. That's not who we are. Whose ways are crooked and who's devious, who are devious in their paths. To deliver you from the immoral woman. Oh, I'll move on. <clears throat> from the seductress who flatters with her words. I had a feeling when I was reading this that this would be for somebody here today, but uh, you just have to be the, you have to figure it out for yourself. <laughs> Who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant with her God, for her house leads down to death and her path to the dead. It's important to keep, comp keep good company and not allow evil to influence us. Men, it's okay, you can say amen now. Amen. We, we've got to keep our head straight, men. Amen? Yeah. None who go to her return, nor do they regain the path of life. So you may walk in the way of goodness, talking about wisdom, and keep the paths of righteousness, for the upright, upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. <laughs> but the wicked will be cut off from the earth and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. We need more wisdom and discretion. So the question is, what do we treasure this morning? What do we treasure? Uh, in the parables of Jesus, parable of Jesus often uh, referred to a treasure and it's taught that we must invest them to make them grow. The parable of the steward. You remember that Gee, the, the, the steward gave each one so much talent or so much money and, and he asked them to invest that and, and whenever he came back from his long journey, uh, two of them had gained twice as much but, but one of them took what the, the master had given him and they, he dug a hole and he put it in his safe deposit box. And when the master came back, he said, why didn't you invest what I had blessed you with? It's a very sobering scripture because who here has not been blessed with something? We've all been blessed with something and we all have a certain amount of wisdom. We all have a certain amount of equity that we have built up over a lifetime. So the blessings of God, but the stewardship of what he has called us to be stewards over, what are we doing with that? Have we just hoarded all of that up. Anybody ever see that show, uh, Hoarders? You can preach your own sermon about that, but I'm not going to go into it. But it's about storing our investments, even the more valuable thing that we have access to is wisdom. But we can't not afford to lock it up for our own personal benefit with no investment into the kingdom of God. Amen? So David, King David, don't you love the story of David? And, and he, he was such, a, he's such a, a warrior and such a conqueror. I don't know the king. I don't know that there was anybody that just really did and conquered more than King David. He was one of the greater conquerors uh, of history. But David tells Solomon, 
tells his son that wisdom is a treasure, that it should be that it should first be sought, then treated like any other, then treated like any other treasure, and used to multiply to get more treasure. Talking about God's will and His purpose for our lives personally, and having a purpose-driven life. Is your life purpose-driven? And if it is, what is the purpose that is driving your life? You see, the person who wants to become more wise must actively apply themselves to pursue spiritual wisdom. It's not like we, we get on, we you know, get on, on our head and like, <laughs> just need more wisdom. Wisdom is something that we have to actively pursue. We have to participate if we want wisdom. That's part of why this morning I'm, I'm challenging your heart this evening. And with everything that we have available for you to become a part of, uh, it won't work unless the Holy Spirit somehow gets a hold of your heart and you understand that you need more knowledge, but with that knowledge, that relationship with God that brings more wisdom to you and understanding and discernment. And I don't know anybody that doesn't need more discernment in the day and age that we live today. God, help the church, which is us, to have more wisdom and knowledge and discernment that is anointed by the Holy Spirit of God to change a world that needs to be changed and have access to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Proverbs 2.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the respect for God. It doesn't come naturally, does it? Uh, we, we, is there anybody here that you just, uh, if just turned loose, you would be a, a, naturally, you would just be a smart aleck, a smart mouth. Raise your hand. You'd just be smart mouth. Yeah, just, just like. <laughs> no, no, okay, I'll raise my hand too. I, I, can, I can be that way. But it just comes natural to us. That's why we need Jesus so bad is because we have to have that influence of the Holy Spirit and so that the flesh doesn't rule us. And the reason we have so many different types of Bible studies is because there's so many different types of individuals that can relate. And then after we get healing or you get healing, then you can bring what God has done for you to somebody else, but you can never give away what you don't have. When God heals you and he gives you that wisdom, he has not given it to you to put into a safety deposit box. He has given it to you so you can share it with the world. We in the church, we talk about money way, way, way too much. Wisdom is what we need because if we have more wisdom, money's going to, it's going to be okay money-wise. We don't talk about money enough around here because I, I even forgot to tell you to give in the offering. I keep forgetting that. But get wisdom and then you'll, their offering boxes are, you know where they're at. <laughs> Proverbs 2, 6, for God gives wisdom, his mouth, knowledge and understanding. He reserves discernment, a shield to those who walk in integrity. He's going to take care of us, but our job is to participate by 
pursuing and seeking after integrity. He guards the path of justice and preserves the ways of the faithful ones. Loving wisdom is one of the greatest endeavors we can ever embrace. When I was a young boy, probably six or seven years old, I had a friend. I went over to my friend's house, and his dad gave me a whipping. And uh, he was like a, a leader in the church. And, and, uh, but that was off boundaries for my mom. Uh, but she wasn't there. And so I'm sure I didn't need it. <laughs> but I, I, I just walked out of the house and I left and I started walking home. And it was about a mile and a half to the house for a six-year-old. But I wasn't having no more of it. But let me just tell you, when mom got a hold of that guy, it, it wasn't pretty. Because he had crossed the line. We need, now that's just one illustration, but don't we all need discernment in a world where there's so many things that we come in contact with that we can make a decision that won't go over good if we don't handle it correctly under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God wants to help us, to give us wisdom. But my point is, is that we have to be trained and understand what is acceptable in God's kingdom and what is not acceptable and to walk in that light and have wisdom as we communicate with people that really need what we have. Last year we walked through uh, muddy waters with the responsibility of navigating through difficult times. As, as much as I wish those difficult times would conclude, uh, it seems as though we've kind of run into another wave of difficult times. The scripture spells out clearly that the times honestly it's probably not going to get better. If you read the book of Revelation, you know that there's going to be a great awakening. The Bible says that in the last days that the, that the gospel will be preached to all ends of the nation and then the end will come. And, and I'm not one of those guys that stands up and, and will tell you when God's coming back because he tells us not to do that. But he also says when you see the signs of the time and you see that, that knowledge is increased and, and, and that uh, wars and rumors of wars and, and, and earthquakes and there's so many things that's happening and leading up to how uh, we could be treated like cattle running through a working gate. And get you don't get your you don't get your vaccine. You can't go anywhere. You can't work anywhere. You can't do this. And we have to be careful not to be rebellious, but we do have to understand the way that the times are because there's going to come a time whenever you cannot buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast. And that's what all of this is leading up to. This isn't it yet. I'm not saying this is it yet. I know a lot of people are, but that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's, it says, Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, 
Look up because your redemption draws nigh. And my challenge to you today is that we have to have the wisdom and the information from God or we're going to stumble in the darkness out there and that world out there is a cruel world and we need the love of Jesus in our life or we'll get caught up in the cruelness of this world. God helped it. Church. God gives wisdom. His mouth is knowledge and understanding. He reserves discernment, a shield to those who walk in integrity, guards the path of justice, preserves the way of the faithful ones. Uh, in a few weeks, we're going to uh, the 20-year anniversary of the uh, the uh, of 911, 9/11, and uh, over 3,000 people. Uh, lost their lives that day, and we're going to celebrate um, that Sunday. We're going to invite all of the first responders, the firemen, the police officers. We're going to invite them to come to church, and we're going to celebrate them, and, and uh, I just want to kind of give you a heads up on that, and when that happens, let's just really honor them with the love of Jesus, and let them know that we appreciate our police officers, and we appreciate our firemen, our first responders. Uh, our first responders, uh, the, the ambulance drivers, and I'm telling you, we live in a great nation with all these problems. It's still the best boat floating, I do believe, but we need to, we really do need to appreciate those who uphold the standards, the moral standards of God. We live in an area that is prone to hurricanes. The, the weatherman gives us the warning that the Atlantic hurricane season runs from June through November. Whether it be a hurricane, domestic violence, or each and every time the citizens are running from danger, first responders are running toward some kind of danger. Who are those heroes? Who are the gatekeepers of law and order in our society? He or she is a police officer running toward the sound of shots. Uh, the fireman running to, into the flames while everyone is running from the flames. And one laying down his life so others can live. The part of this message begs this question as well. Where are the spiritual gatekeepers? For the kingdom of God. We know the first responders are the gatekeepers for, our, for those in need in our nation. But, but what about the spiritual gatekeepers? The one who serve and protect spiritually. Who, we, are, we are those people. Uh, we are the first responders. I am the first responders. The first responders are those who are in the life group that when somebody goes to the hospital, they pick up the phone, they call them, or they go see them. That when somebody is hurting or there's a death in the family, the, the, the group that they're a part of comes and, and helps them as well. We are the equippers for the work of the ministry, and the work of the ministry is actually for the people in the church the, the job of the pastors is to equip you for ministry. Yeah. <clears throat> Buy it or not, 
That's what the scripture says. The equipping, we do what we do for the equipping of the saints. Now, we minister to you so you can minister to others. Amen. Does that make sense to you? The first responders, if you will, who show up when there are threats of suicide or somebody's already committed suicide, where's, where's the spiritual first responders, those who have experienced a drug overdose or depression or spousal abuse or infidelity and the person needs spiritual help. We, we are, we're, we're the first responders. Those who are ready and equipped spiritually to ease the pain and introduce the great healer to the situation. Those first responders that will run to those while the majority of the population is running from or at the very least avoiding them, we are the ones that are to run to those who are hurting and need help and assistance. For example, our care department has stepped up running to those who have experienced loss in their lives, a, a group living beyond loss. Uh, here's a video. I want to do a video of a man, and, and he, his name is Bill, and he's going to tell you what this, this uh, group has meant to him. Hi, my name is Bill, and the reason I'm here today is to tell you a little bit about living beyond loss. Uh, last Christmas, I was uh, at the church uh, enjoying the Christmas concert, and I met Pastor Priscilla, and she told me a little bit about the course. And I had uh, previously lost my wife 15 months before that. And I really was at a very bad spot in my life. I was very depressed. I didn't know how to get out of the depression. I did not want to be around family or friends. I didn't want to go anywhere. And she told me that she really thought this would be uh, a help for me. So I decided to take the class. And um, my wife and I had been married for 35 years. And I was really lost. After about four weeks into the class, it just suddenly occurred to me that, you know, I get it now, I understand. I've, I've received some signs from God. I know that my wife is in a better place because she's in a better place. When uh, I was approached by Pastor Priscilla about uh, living beyond loss, it was uh, presented to me as a class. But as time went on, it. It went beyond being a class. It, it sort of became a workshop. Then it became a group because we were all so connected with our feelings and uh, sharing our experiences. And love really tied us back together because we were there helping each other. Um, and now we're a family. I just don't know of anything I've ever done in my life that has been more beneficial to me. Uh, obviously, when you lose a spouse or a loved one that's very, very close to you, uh, life is different. And uh, that's what we did here. We found out that, that life's not over, that we can continue to move forward. And it uh, doesn't mean you quit grieving, but you manage your grief in a different way. And so that's exactly what this 
this has done for me. <laughs> That's sweet. Thank you. In Luke chapter 4, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to, for the prisoners and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to pr proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. One of the things that Christ did whenever he died on the cross and he gave his life for us, and he, he, he made it through the harder purpose and the harder yards for us so that we could do what we do, but we would never be able to really do what he did for us because he's, he's God. But Jesus lived out his life for the sake of others, so now the church is called to live out our life for the sake of others because we call ourselves Christians, and it means to be christ like and, and our world has taken the name Christian and, and given it a lot of different uh, definitions. And we have to define it from the way the church, that Jesus intended it for it to be. And we have been called to do hard and sometimes difficult ministries. How many knows that around here we, we don't sugarcoat things much. And it's important for us to understand that, that where that need is and that hurt is, that's where the healing needs to take place instead of uh, just taking our hurt and sweeping it under the rug and saying, well, we'll forget about that with time. But a lot of times what's inside of us needs healing healing. Can you say amen to that? What's on the inside of us? A lot of times we cover up things and I'm still learning things that happened to me years ago or that I was in the middle of that I have to deal with as God gives it to me. Amen. So we have, I have one more video for you. This is Brian, and we have a ministry here called Acts of Grace, and it's a, it's a sexual abuse Bible study, and we, it, we have a Bible study for men and for women. Uh, Darla wrote this Bible study, and uh, it's something that we have found, it has found to be so uh, amazing, bring a lot of healing for so many people that have had a lot of abuse in their lives. And I just uh, take my hat off to Brian for doing this video, but I, I, I think you'll appreciate it. Here it is. My name is Brian. I uh, attended church here in 2009 and got saved. But uh, as a child, I was sexually abused when I was six and seven. I didn't tell anybody. And uh, so my life spiraled out of control, as you can imagine. And uh, I went into a dark place and that was filled with addiction and 
just a lot of hatred and anger that stemmed from all of that. And in 2009, I, I came here and they offered a class, Acts of Grace. So I signed up and I attended Acts of Grace and it was for sexual abuse. And uh, I was a little leery at first and not knowing what to expect and exposing all of this. But the Lord just put it on my heart that I needed to try this, even though I didn't think I needed it, but I did. And the first day that I attended that class was amazing. It changed my life so great. It helped me to basically change my way of thinking, the way that I was thought that I was, that I was broken and unlovable, but I was only hurt and needed healing. But the devil manipulated me for so many years to believe that. But through Acts of Grace, it helped change my way of thinking and the way I looked at myself. And then I was able to see myself the way the Lord sees me and that I am loved and cared for. And through the Acts of Grace, if, I mean, it just, there's so many things to list about what it does for you. It definitely gives, gave me peace and joy, but it also helped me to realize what boundaries were, good healthy boundaries and good relationships with godly people. And through, through Acts of Grace, it helped me to learn how to forgive because there was no forgiveness in me at all through those years. It totally broke those chains of unforgiveness. So. I was able to forgive the hurt in my life, but most of all, I was able to forgive myself through all of that. I would highly recommend anybody that is hurting to think about this class. And you don't even have to come to church here. If you're in this community and it's within driving distance and you wanna get healing from your abuse, I highly recommend it. And you don't have to worry about you know, somebody finding out, people don't know you're in this class and they take precautions for that. Don't let pride and fear stop you from taking this class. I know it did me and I fought it for years until I finally broke down and went through this class. And I just hope by whoever hears this, that might encourage somebody to seek the help that you need because this isn't our burdens to carry, but unfortunately we carry it and we carry it pretty proudly sometimes and think it's ours, but it's not. So I just want to take this time just to share with you about how Acts of Grace changed my life. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. King David, was with his mighty men and Bethlehem had been taken over by the Philistines. And King David made this statement to his mighty men. He said, oh, that I could just get a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. And the mighty men, and I, I know we got some men like that today, they just kind of Oh, you want some water, Pastor? I'll go get you some. Even if I got to go through enemy lines, I'm going to go get you some water. So these men, they went and got water for King David, and they brought it to him and said, we got you some water from 
the well of Bethlehem. And, and this was a well that David had probably from, drank from when he was a, a small kid. And he just wanted to drink a water. And he just said it. But they heard it. And they're like, we're going to do it. What a, what a great heart, right? They're like, man, you say do it. I'm on my way. So they go and they get him that water. And David, when they bring it to him, David, he's like, oh, I didn't, this is paraphrase. This is Randy's interpretation of the, you can go back and read it. But it's like, I didn't know you was going to go do that. And I don't, I wouldn't have asked you to, I wouldn't have asked you to go do that across the enemy lines just to get me a drink of water. I wouldn't have done that. And, and he, he said, basically, he said this woe to me that if I would drink the water that my men could have had bloodshed because of the water. And the Bible says that he took the flask of water and he poured it out on the ground as an offering to the Lord. There's so many things that I can say about that. I don't have time. But my question is, what do you value? In Proverbs chapter 1, 2, and 4, it talks about King David talking to his son Solomon. And Solomon even said this, that his father told him, in all your getting, get wisdom. Here was a man, King David, that that had everything that he wanted. I mean, everything that his eye desired, he could have it. He was the king. But he told Solomon, he said, in all of your getting, get wisdom. And then when God asked Solomon, when Solomon became king, you remember the story, right? He said, I'll give you anything. And, and Solomon remembered what his daddy I hope some of you daddies are listening. He remembered what his daddy told him. And he said, God, just give me wisdom. Because that's what I value more than anything. And because he had wisdom, everything else came. If we want to have wisdom, we have to have the knowledge that God has for us. Amen. So my challenge to you today is, is, if you can, this morning, just take time. You don't have to sign up for anything. But just, I don't, I don't want to sound like a car salesman, but you can just test drive something. <laughs> just test drive it. If it don't work, we got a lot of things that you can jump in the middle of. But in your getting, <clears throat> get wisdom. And wisdom isn't going to come from just not doing anything. We, we got to participate. I love the attitude of David's mighty fighting men. I'm telling you, them guys, they weren't afraid to jump in the middle of things. And God's looking for an army of men and women and boys and girls who will step up and say, Hey, you want to drink a water from the well of Bethlehem? I'm, I'm going. You want, you want somebody to go be a missionary in, the, in the, the, the deserts of Saudi Arabia, I'm going. You want somebody to be a pastor, a preacher. You want somebody to be a congressman. You want somebody to be uh, 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 an amb- ambassador. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. How many of you say, preacher, 
I want everything that God has for me. I want to be like David's fighting men. Raise your hand. I'm telling you, I, we got to. <laughs> I'm excited. Lord, bless your people today. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Help us in all our getting to get wisdom. We need, we all need more wisdom. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, it's a first step in getting wisdom is knowing the one who gives that wisdom. Simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Slip your hand up high. Pre preacher, that's me. I need, I need Jesus. Jesus. Yep, back in the back. Leave your hand up till we get a Bible in your hand. Give that little girl a Bible. Yep. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Anybody else? Amen. I want, to, I want to pray a prayer with y'all. I'm not going to have the ones that come up that, that raise their hands, but I want to pray a prayer with y'all. If you, even if you didn't raise your hand and you, you need to make peace with God, I invite you to pray this prayer from your heart and, and really mean it and let this be the day that, that God gives you his heart and his wisdom. Let's pray this prayer. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? I want to talk to everybody online. Uh, if you'll stay online, we're going to have, we also have uh, things for you, uh, and they're going to come live just as soon as I say amen here. They're going to come back live for you as well, because we have opportunities for you as well. And so we, we do that, and I just encourage everybody, uh, if you'd like to come back and get some, I don't, I think we got food trucks, and, and I mean, we'll get you any way we can out here. We, we love you guys. How many needs more wisdom? Raise your hand. Yeah. Let's raise both hands. I want to pray for you. Lord, we surrender to you, oh God. We, we ask for wisdom. You said if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. And Lord, we just pray for wisdom for everyone in this room, every one of us, Lord, to have our hands raised high, oh God, that you'd help us, Lord, to have more wisdom. We ask for it liberally, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that and for the anointing that comes with the knowledge that you call wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray in the church. Said. Amen. God bless you. We've got our prayer team as well. If you need special prayer, we love you.